In Acts chapter 4, and I'm uh, reading from the English Standard Version, it will be on the screen. And as I was speaking to the people, this is um, uh, Peter and John, as I was speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Cephas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man, by what means this man was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, way to make friends and influence people, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing up beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. I really love that, you know. And I, and I, I, I said, I mentioned last week, I love listening to people, intelligent people talk. I just love listening to people. In, so, and I, like, I can't understand that they're saying. But, you know, God can so easily become, for many people, God is a philosophical argument. He's, 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 a, he's something to be debated, and you can shape him to whatever fits you. But when the power of God comes, it's like, okay, what do we do with our arguments now? And that's why I believe we need to pursue the power of God. Right? Okay? I don't, I don't think it should become central we should pursue Jesus I'm not saying that we just chase after miracles but I'm saying miracles should be so much part of the kingdom of God that in the end it doesn't matter whether people agree with what we think about marriage what we think about anything else they're going to see the power of God and just say well I don't know what it is they believe but it's something that works do you understand what I mean and, I, and that's why we need to pursue the, the power of God we need to pursue the power of God because these very intellectual religious people which were on a question, and they looked at the man there and just said, well, what can we say? We're dealing with something that is real and something that is powerful, and that's why we want to um, pursue more of the power of God. What verse was that? Thank you. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what should we do with these men? For that, and for that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. <laughs> That's really funny. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. 
So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whatever is right in the sight of God, to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for they were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Yeah, there's hope for the 40 pluses and the 50 pluses. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, you through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken together. The place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to them was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of what they sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as they had needs. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and bought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of God. Amen? That was fun, wasn't it? That was an exciting time to live, an exciting time to be alive, an exciting time to be a Christian. And um, I just want to continue to just lay a few foundations for the coming months and weeks as I just share some of that we're going to be doing together uh, soon. But as we kind of come out of the, um, if you like, the shadow of 2019 and we seek to move forward together, as we seek to move forward together to see his promises and his glory I recognize in this chapter just three wonderful things I really want to briefly outline to you today that are going to be really uh, necessary if we're going to move forward together. It's going to be really important. Coming out of 2019 into 2020, I just kind of saw there that I, I believe are going to help us. And you know, things have changed amongst us. 
uh, not change maybe in the way we would want them to change. And uh, we're going to have to see further changes amongst us as well, as I will um, share in the, uh, a bit later on and in the coming weeks. Uh, a few things have been thrown up in the air for us, haven't they? And we're not too sure altogether where they're going to land. And we need God's wisdom and we need God's guidance as we deal with the way things have changed amongst us through 2019. But you know, what I realised from the New Testament church, it was a very dynamic place. It was a very movable, energetic place. And for all our talk of planning and structure and projects, all of which are really important if you want to succeed, it seems to me that most of the time the New Testament church were just playing catch-up with the Holy Spirit, weren't they? It was like everything was in the air. And the Holy Spirit was doing this, then he was doing that. And they were kind of scrabbling around and they found themselves in unusual places like prison. Or they found themselves threatened. Or they found themselves seeing 3,000 people saved in one day. What do we do with 3,000 people? How do you do connect groups for 3,000 people in one day? They had no plan. They were just following the Holy Spirit. And I believe there are times in our life when we have to lift our feet off the ocean bed and allow the Holy Spirit to take us where he wants to take us. And for most of us, that's an incredibly scary place because who likes to be in control? Right? We want to be in control. And sometimes when th things happen that we don't expect and it looks like it's all a little bit up in the air, then what God is looking to do is just sweep us to a new place. Sweep us to a new environment. Sweep us to a new place of freedom. That doesn't mean we forget the past and we don't honour the past and all those that have loved us and ministered to us so well. But they who have been with us before were building something to take us to a new place. And the best way to honour their memory is to go to that new place. Amen? Amen. So I just want to bring three... Uh, really simple things that in the flux of a chaotic yet glorious atmosphere, I see three essentials that we, are, we need at this time. That we need to just make sure that we put in place if we are to move forward together. Because we are to move forward together. And the first thing is that we, is that we stand. We have to stand. Verses 18 to 20. These great words from... Peter and John. So they call them and together and charge them to speak or teach, not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whatever is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. You know, Jesus had warned his disciples that things would be tough, hadn't he? He told them the whole world will hate you because of me. He'd warn them of persecution, warn them of difficulties if they took up his mantle. And suddenly after Pentecost, where they were, before which they were waiting and wondering and praying, suddenly after Pentecost they went public in a big wow way, right? The whole of Jerusalem heard about this. Hearing their, people from all around the Roman 
um, empire had come to Jerusalem and they were hearing their own languages being spoken by these uneducated Jews. They were seeing the miracles. They were seeing it. All the amazing things happening. And then the authorities get jealous and they start to punish and they start to persecute. They were thrust into the limelight and the pressure hit them. And after the great story in Acts 3 of the, the man at the, at the beautiful gates being outrageously healed, Peter and John became front page news. And it led to prison, interrogation, separation from their, from their people and from their friends. The enemy and the world unleashed a terror over them. And the call came, Peter, John, this new cult as they would have been seen then, Christianity, stop. Stop it. You cannot do this anymore. You cannot stand in what you believe. You need to stop. You're causing too much trouble. You're causing too much fuss. We need to go get, take things back to the way they were. We have to, you have to stop. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop making these noises. Stop saying these words. Stop doing these things. We don't like it. After a night in prison and the full glare of the nation's heavyweight authorities and personalities bearing down on them, it probably seemed like not a bad idea because who wants to go to prison? And it's not prisons like our prisons probably today. They were, you know, horrible places. And there's no, there's no Geneva Convention. There's no, you can do what you like. It probably seemed like a good idea to stop. But Peter responds, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. If we are to move forward together in 2020, we have to make our stand together. If we're going to move forward together in 2020, then we have to make our stand together. We see the voices. We hear the words of doubt. We hear the questions. We hear the, you know, what, what's going on, what's happened. Why do we keep pursuing this? Why do we keep pursuing? We hear that. But together, if we're to move forward together, we have to make our stand. We are trusting Jesus. We are believing him. He is a good father. He's a good father. He's God, so we can't understand everything. But we make our stand and we're going to keep pursuing those things that God has put in our heart. There are many thousands in this town, right? There are many thousands in this town. And we work towards that and we make our stand that we will not stop pursuing. We will not stop going after those things that God has put in our heart. We have to face the fears, the doubts, the questions and determine that we will not back down or redefine our rationale for existence. As things change and things will change, as things are reimagined, our core goals will not change. We will pursue love. We will pursue power. We will pursue purity. We will believe to see and live in an active, living, powerful gospel that changes lives. And we will not stop pursuing the many thousands in this town. The, how that happens may change. How it looks may change. But join me. If we're to move forward together, we're going to make our stand. We're going after the glory of God. Amen. I don't want to settle for like a, whatever works best for us whatever feels good for us, whatever makes sure we get, if you set low goals, you might get better results. We're going to keep pursuing. Amen?
I want, to make, I want us to make our stand together so that we can move forward together. You know, what we've been through is not unique to us, right? The Apostle Paul was probably the greatest church leader of the New Covenant age. But he says in 2 Corinthians 4, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. I have no problem with looking at hurt in the eye and admitting I'm hurting. Right? Some people choose a faith where they deny what they're feeling or deny whatever. I, you know, I, for me, real faith can look the issue in the eye and see what it is, but my trust can still be in Jesus Christ. Right? Pete, Paul knew affliction. As interesting, perplexed. What does that mean? Paul was perplexed. That must mean he, he, to me, does that mean not everything happened how he expected it to happen? Paul had seen Jesus. He had a great experience, but still he didn't work out how he expected it. Things haven't worked out how we've expected it. We may be persecuted or beaten down. It's all the reactions we can expect from the enemy who wants to bring us down. But we overcome and we stand together and we move forward together by making our stand. Amen? Number two, we pray. Number one, we stand. Number two, we pray. Acts 4:24. And when they heard this, they lifted their voice together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. As soon as they got back to their people... All their questions, all their fears, all their worry were bundled into one activity, prayer and praise. That's two, but together. They prayed. I'm going to come back to this at the end because we just want to do a bit of a focus really on this. Um, But we want to find him. We want to meet him. And we want to be changed by him. And we will find him when we seek him with all our hearts. They prayed, but just to say, they prayed in a way that I think we can learn from. You notice it wasn't Peter and Paul praying, or the leaders or the apostles. They lifted their voices together. They lifted their voices together. And just as when we worship, I love worship where we don't depend personally. I love worship where I don't need words on the screen. I love worship when I hear, I'm standing and I hear behind me just this flow of words of worship. I think I love that. And I think we don't need prescribed ways of praying. We need to know what it is to have our hearts so longing for God that we lift our voices together. Prayer is not about being able to pray well. And we need to get, some of us need to get past that. I know some people come to prayer times and they just feel so inadequate. And some people need to get past that. But some of us older people need to realise that that we can pray in a way that makes other people feel a bit inadequate. Do you know what I mean? Understand what I mean? Right? And it's like other, we can pray for everybody when other people might want to pray. But how beautiful to just come together and lift our voices in prayer. To move forward together, we need to pray together. I also note that despite the threat, the danger, the immense issue they were facing as a fledgling church, they didn't launch straight into, God help us, did they? They didn't go, oh, we need you, we're in trouble. Rescue us, rescue us, rescue us. 
what they launched into was a, de- a declaration, a description of how great God was. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Prayer is not a desperate place where we just got to go, we're kind of, oh, prayer is a place of communion with God. It's a place of enjoying his presence. And when we come together to pray, I think the first thing we should do is establish just who God is. Who are we praying to? We're praying to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, it's not even a fight. Do we know that? He's bigger and he's already won. And we get careful, we don't end up in a, in a heretical place of dualism, it's called, where, you know, there's a good God and a bad devil and they kind of fight like they are in a ring, like equal. And it's a bit give and take, who's going to win? That's not truth. Do you know that? The devil's an angel. He's not, and he's not even a good angel because he fell. He's not like God. Jesus has won the victory. Amen? He's won the victory. So when we come to pray together, the first thing we, they did, okay, we're in trouble right now. I'd say, let's remind ourselves who we're praying to. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And David, back there, he wrote, why do they bother? Why do the nations rage? Why do they even bother? Because our God is bigger and our God is greater. And as they did that, they laid a foundation. We're praying from this foundation. He is the victory. He has already won. The closest they get is saying, God, um, can you just take note of what they've said? I thought, just take a note of it. You, do you see what they've said? So when we pray, we first of all establish a foundation. This is who we are praying to. It's not about trying to get God to be stronger because at the moment the devil is quite strong. He is already strong. And I also think it's funny that um, they didn't ask God to rescue them. They said, God, give us more boldness to do the very thing they've told us not to do. Isn't that funny? Do you realize the point of prayer, one of the greatest points of prayer is not that we change circumstances, but God changes us. Their prayer was actually, there's a problem here, God. Will you change us? Because they've told us not to do it. We want more boldness because we want to do it. And I think that attitude of prayer, I think if we can carry that into our prayer, that, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to get God to get stronger to beat a strong enemy. We're not going to prayer to get what we want. We're going into presence of God to remind ourselves, this is who you are. And now, God, would you come and fill us that we can move forward together. Amen? Amen. He's not a vending machine. You can't make God do anything. You know, I want this, that, the other. So if I, if I pray this way and press these buttons, I'll get what I want. It's a relationship where we get to know him, And then as we get to hear him, we pray what he is saying at the time. There are times, you you point them, times in scripture where the person praying has said, God, rescue me. But the point is, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do right now? And the cry from these people was, they've told us to shut up, but God, we don't want to shut up. So give us boldness. How different does that seem to how we sometimes pray? Remember our teaching back last year on Praying like a disciple. The order of the prayer. What happens first? Our Father, hallowed be your name. Then it's about his kingdom coming. 
about his will being done. And then we get down to what we need. I believe we should ask God for what we need. He taught us that. He taught us that. He's a good father. He's got resources and, and answers. We've got questions and lack. So we ask him and he gives us. But let's do it from a place of strength where he is the king of kings and lord of lords. So if we're to move forward together, we have to stand together. We have to pray together. And the third thing that we do is that we devote. We have to be devoted to one another. Acts 4 verse 32 says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. This chapter just, for me, I don't know, it just speaks of what life is like when God is moving. Courage to stand. United in prayer. Devoted to each other. And if we're to move forward together from 2019, then we need deep devotion to God, but also to each other. And you know, these words are so challenging to all of us. And most of us probably don't like them, to be honest. A lot of Jesus, things Jesus said, it's too scary. It's too hard. The idea that we don't own anything, it belongs to him. And he belongs to each other. You know, that's really scary. Um, and maybe many of us aren't quite there. And of course, you can talk about the culture. You can talk about the climate. You can talk about the age they lived in. And this, but this is particularly challenging in our culture and climate. Whatever you want to do with it, however far you want to take it, the point is they were a place of deep devotion to each other. They were a place of unity, of love where they looked at someone in need and says, I have resources, I can meet your need. You have lack, I've got plenty, let me help you. And, and church-wise, I see there's a need here, there's a need there, let me fill that need. It was a place of deep devotion. If we're to move forward together in 2020, then we need to have, by the grace of God, deep devotion. <coughs> devotion is measured by what we give. You know, if, if, if I said to you, I support this charity, you know, a thing of a charity, and you say to me, well, how much do you give each month? I say, oh, I don't give anything. I just support them. I think you would have the right to question my support, wouldn't you? You'd have the right to question my devotion because I'm not willing to put money where my mouth is. Now, I'm not talking about money in this sense for the church. Although, of course, if... Anybody who said they belonged to the family but didn't give, then you'd be open to the accusation that it's a sham because we always find money for the things we love, right? Okay, I'm just putting that out there. And I'm, you know, but I'm not talking about that. I really, I'm just talking about how we can devote ourselves in this season to love each other, how we can devote to pray together, to serve together to work together, to pick up slack together. You know, the church, you see, you'll know people that are in need. Don't just think, well, let me just tell the leaders. You know what? If you can meet the need, meet the need. Somebody might be struggling to get to church on a Sunday morning. I've got three empty spaces in my car. How can I help you? You hear somebody walks or gets the bus. 
You might hear somebody struggling to feed their family or someone's whatever, I don't know. But how can we come together in devotion to start to love one another? Because then we'll move forward together in our unity. We need, we need more musicians. Maybe you play an instrument, but you keep your light under a bushel. We need creche workers. We need children's workers. We need welcome team people. We need schools workers to go into schools with Leah. We need prayers, pastoral visitors. We need trainee sound engineers. All of these things. I think in the climate of the New Testament church they were in, all of those things would have been met. Wouldn't they? Because everything they shared, including their time, including their time. And if we're to move forward together in 2020, we need to take our stand together. We need to pray together. And we need to be devoted to each other. And as we do that, coming out of the shadow, out of the trauma, if you like, of 2019, then I believe we will move forward together and to start to build together. And things will change. Things will be different. Have, they have to be. And you've seen today in our worship, things are going to be different. But we're going to move forward together. Amen? One of the ways we're going to do it. I, I, I really, you know, we need, we need to hear God on a number of areas. And, um, and I've said before, I spent last week, spoke last week, you know, we ended the year, it was a really difficult end to the year. And I, and I just went home, if you like, so, and put my tools down. So we've arrived in 2020 really kind of, not, kind of unprepared. But all I know is this, we need to seek the face of God. Amen. We need to pray. Need to be in his presence. So over this last week, speaking, praying, um, that I would like to have 21 days where we are just going to pray together. And uh, I'm gonna, we're going to start on the 1st of February. Why are we waiting so long? Well, I just want us all to give time just to get everything out so you all know what we're going to be doing, to ramp it up, to build it up a little bit. So the next two weeks we're going to be talking about this. You know what I really want? I want you to pray this. I'd like a venue to do it in. I'd like a base that we go to to pray in. Uh, and that's no, I thank God for Richard and Leah, Richard and Diane, others who open their homes. But you know, we go in here one night, there one night. Uh, we've got to be out by so and so because Richard's got to be in bed by half past eight. You know, I, I'm joking. But you know what I mean? Oh, let's do early morning. I don't want to crash people's houses at half past six in the morning. You know, I, I, and I've done some inquiries to try and find someone where we can get a, a room or a building for, tw for, for a month. I'm not having a lot of success, okay? So if you have any ideas, you have any connections with anybody that can just, a place that we can have, that we can meet early in the morning, we can meet during the day, it becomes a hub, gather together to lift our voices in one, to pray. That's what I'm going after, and that's why I'm just leaving it a couple of weeks longer trying to find somewhere. If we can't do it, we'll, we'll go back to homes. Um, and I want to spend 21 days, three weeks, just going after the face of God. And I want to focus on three things. I want to lift the building back up. I want a building. And if I'm being selfish, then I'm being selfish. But I, I, just, want, I just want a building. And we're challenging ourselves, the trustees, directors, about how we look at this. Look at it in different ways. 
because we're sitting on a bit of money. You know, what are we going to do? We're going to wait on that forever until the perfect building comes. Are we going to look at doing things differently? So we're going to spend a week praying, God, lead us to the right building. Give us the courage and the faith to go where you lead us. Thank God for this place, don't we? You know what? We have been blessed. You don't know how much Peter, our caretaker, does for us. He'll do anything. He, will do, he puts the chairs out. Do you know that? We don't put the chairs out. He puts them out. I don't, we, he doesn't have to. He, he wants to do it. He's, so we thank God for this place. But, you know, I, I, I just would love to get our own building. So the guys can... Anyway, you know all that. Um, I'd like to spend a week praying for wisdom. I don't quite know what that looks like, how you shape that, but we need wisdom. And you might need wisdom. Why don't you spend a week, because Scripture says if anybody lacks wisdom, what does he do? He asks God. He gives it. He gives it. Right? And we need wisdom about some things we need to shape for the future. And you might be dealing with situations in your workplace, in your family. You know what? I need God to show me what to do. And it would be great just to spend a week God, we open our ears to you. And in the third week, I want us to pray for strength. Because, because we've been weakened in what we have lost in the last year. Right? So I want to spend a week praying for the leaders of the church. Praying for new leaders to be raised up or new leaders to be brought in. We want leadership right from the top to the bottom. We don't just, it sounds, right from the bottom to the top. Right? I have a picture of leadership. It's not, a, it's not that shape. It's that shape. And I'm here pushing people up. Right? I don't mind if people go higher than me in their gifting. I, I want that. I know what my gifting is, and I want to be the best I can. You might be better evangelists, preachers, whatever. Worship leaders, go higher. Go further. Let's all go higher. We want leaders at every level. We want children's leaders. We want leaders with Leah. We want leaders in the worship team. And we want to pray for strength. Amen? Strength. And we honour those that were strong amongst us and we've lost. So, you know, I, I, I'm working through this, but that's the kind of thing that I want us to do uh, beginning on, on the 1st first, first of February. And um, we're going to take our stand together. Just join me. We're not going to give up. Things haven't happened as we wanted to happen. Um, I'm sure you can hear the voices of those who've lost saying, keep going, Dave. Keep going. Keep believing. All the pressure around saying, moderate, moderate, moderate. No, let's escalate, escalate, escalate. Amen? Amen? We're going to pray together. We're going to come together. And I, you know, there's some, some of you will have probably haven't been to a prayer meeting in years. And whether that's to do with the fact that we're not in the set place, I don't know. But I challenge you. There's going to be lots of opportunity. And also we're going to fast as well. We're going to introduce a way of fasting through that period. I just want to come. We're going to move forward together. We have to pray together. We have to lift our voices together. Amen. And we're going to devote. And that's a challenge. That's a real practical challenge. How we devote ourselves to one another. How we look for needs and fill them. We don't wait to be asked. We just see it and we do it. Because we want to move forward together in 2020. We don't want to go back to the end of next year and be back where we, and be where we are now. We want to move forward together. Amen. Why don't we bow our heads? Or why don't we stand?
we are not living in the same kind of time as the post-Pentecost season. I understand that. And we can't recreate that. That's a soul. We want to move of God, don't we? Right? We are where we are. We're in our culture. We're in our climate. But I think out of that chaos, out of that glorious chaos, we can see principles that we should put in place. Regardless. Not just, to, just anyway, because we're Christians, because we're a church. That we stand together, pray together, and love one another. And just as your heads are bowed right now, I'm ask Holy Spirit to come. And if any of those areas are a particular challenge to you, um, just praying this morning about bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. Fruit comes when we, when we make a change and the Holy Spirit grows something in us. And if this idea, if, if you're feeling beaten down by what has happened and you're finding it hard to believe, then this morning, just right now in the quietness, just repent of that. Lay it down before the Father. Thank you, God. And just tell him in your heart, I make my stand on your word. I make my stand on those things we know. That you're a good God. You're a good Father. You have the best for us. You've won the victory. Hallelujah. If you're challenged by the thought of praying, some of that has gone a little bit by the wayside, challenged by the thought of maybe having to lay something down to pick up prayer, then this morning fruit can be born in your life with repentance. There'll be lots of opportunity throughout this week, but once a week, twice a week, I'm going to get out and I'm going to join my, my brothers and sisters and I'm going to pray. I'm not going to be put off by the way other people pray. I'm going to be there. And if, if, the lift, if my act of lifting our voices together is just inside my heart, then it matters because you hear it, God. Hallelujah. If we're going to move forward together, we stand together. If we're going to move forward together, we pray together. If we're going to move forward together, we're going to be devoted one to another. And if that's a challenge to you today, where you're holding on to your thing, these are mine. These are mine. I want to do what I want to do with them. Then let the Holy Spirit come and show us this morning how contrary that is to his word. And you can find repentance this morning. I see a need and I want to fill it. Hallelujah. 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 The very foundation of our faith is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. The very, everything about the kingdom is sewn up in that. Everything about the law and the heart of God is sewn up in that. Love my neighbor as myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I want to bless Living Grace Church. Father, you know we've been through a bit of a mill, <coughs> we've been through trials. 
difficulties. And God, if you want to speak to us about the past, then our ears are open. That's why we're going to pray. Speak to us. Anything we need to learn, anything we need to pick up, then God help us. But God, my cry this morning is that we move forward together. And that means that we have to see changes and we will see changes. But God, this is the, just as that New Testament church, things change so quickly. But these three things were clear. They stood on you and your word. They wouldn't shut up, wouldn't stop believing. They prayed together at every point they prayed. And they loved each other. Jesus, I pray, God, that we would find those things in this year coming alive within us. And that where there are disappointments, they won't deflect us. God, we will stay true to you and your word. We will pray and we will love each other. I bless us all with a heart to go after you. I pray this year that the light of heaven would shine on every individual and we would see you like we've never seen you before. We would be changed into the likeness of Jesus Christ like we never have before. We would see the power of God like we never have before. We would go lower before you than we've ever been before as we lay ourselves down in surrender. I bless every family, every house, every household, every job, every son and daughter, every mother and father, every brother, every sister. Let your blessing rest on every person here today. God, we honour those in our past who have loved us and we honour them most of all by building your kingdom as you build your church. And we thank you for the privilege of partnering with you to see your kingdom come. So we bless you and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. 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 Amen.